Hello, and welcome to Misinformation, the trivia podcast for ladies and gents who love cool trivia and sticking it to annoying teams at Pub Quiz. We're your hosts. I'm Lauren. And I'm Julia. Hi, Julia. Hi, Lauren. Um, quick apology to all of our um, listeners. Ugh. I am sick. Um, so my uh, upper register is going to be a little ri- like wheezy. Mm. The, one of the most pleasant sounds. Yes. Yeah. Like a real... Like mm. that's that's where I'm at. Um, but alas, even though I'm sick, I uh, I spent the day at a craft show. Ooh. Tabling for my uh, for my embroidery. Um, I had the smallest table and the least amount of product of everybody <laughs> there. But I was nestled very nicely between a soap maker and a um, a couple of very nice lesbians who kept trying to feed me. This was, is, I feel like that's what you get at a craft show. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it was just, she made beautiful polymer clay jewelry. Her name's Charlie Blue. Look her up on Instagram. Her stuff is cool. I bought a pair of earrings. They were that's so great. thankful. Oh. Oh, yeah. No, it was great. Her girlfriend kept, do you want some carrots and hummus? I got some carrots and hummus. How about some, I have an orange. Are you thirsty? I have I some I have drinks. A handful of almonds in my I, purse. Here you go. Are you feeling peckish? She actually made me take a Lara bar. She's like, have you ever had these? No, please take one. They're delicious. I'm surprised it was in a Luna bar. Because that's right? the bar for ladies. Because it's for ladies. Yeah. yeah. But apparently they get like a big pack at the public market for super cheap. <laughs> well, you found out. Yeah. <laughs> you spent seven hours with them. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, great. we spent the whole day. They Aww. talked about how they're going to go to Mexico next winter. They were great. Wow. Yeah. And they made bank. Like oh, people love their stuff. Good. So it was great. Well, Lauren, people love your stuff too. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, Lauren people. does really fun embroideries. Um, I got her to make me one last year that says, uh, good things will happen to you today if you choose not to be a miserable cow. Mm-hmm. And I love it. Yeah, that was fun to make. Um, yeah, so she has an Etsy store. This is not an ad from Wicked no. Radish Embroidery. Yeah, That's Wicked Radish on Lauren's Etsy. Store. Uh, but yeah, you can find her stuff on Etsy. It's really fun. Yeah, I do uh, Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. I do uh, some 30 Rock stuff. Yeah. I do some Kimmy Schmidt. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I do a lot of that. Rochester. Yeah, just some Rochester stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, check me out. <laughs> <laughs> this was not supposed to be like an intro to Hashtag my... not an ad. Yeah, hashtag no ad. Hashtag just love the product. Ooh, that's good. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, what was the craft festival called? It was called Mayday Underground. Mayday. Yeah. Now, uh... I think Mayday is what you might call if you're in a boat and it starts to sink in a river, don't you think? <laughs> wow. What a flawless transition. Ooh, yes. <laughs> no, that's absolutely what so, I would do. So as promised yes. earlier, when I talked about oceans and seas for, I don't know, approximately 148 minutes, it was a really <laughs> long episode. Um, I promised the, a future episode on rivers. Because that's a whole nother body of water that's very important to know about. Comes up with trivia all the time. Absolutely. And I know our listeners have been clamoring. <laughs> Where are rivers? Yeah. Where are rivers? We, we are actually blocking the people on Twitter who have We're been like, sending us all these messages. Everyone. It's been just, stop. we've been inundated with messages on Twitter. Patience. Um, about, about the rivers, forthcoming rivers episode. Yeah. They're so. like, I need that hot river info poured into my brain holes to both have <laughs> I'm sorry I'm on like a lot of cold medication <laughs> well they can finally stop holding their breath because mm. here here it is a whole episode on rivers How do you- 
I'm so excited about this. Oh, yeah. Mm. Um, yep. Again, get ready. Hope you have a long <laughs> drive ahead of you or like some really tedious task at work that you just really love hearing our... <laughs> It's going to be fun, Julia. Don't sell yourself okay. short. I'm excited. Uh, all right. <sighs> the definition of a river is that a river? <laughs> Oxford's English Dictionary mm. defines a river mm. as... All right. A river. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about a river. It is a natural stream of water that flows along a channel to another water body, such as another river, lake, or ocean. Um, so how do we measure the length of a particular river? How do we measure... The length of a river. Um, In theory. (laughs) Is it hectares? Oh, I wish. Damn it. Uh, You know, I haven't done any of my calculations. Oh, I'm sorry. This time around. But I figure you're very good at math. You could just. That's true. I am extremely good at math. So be ready. (laughs) Um, So in theory, the length of a river is the longest along Thalweg continuous distance from the headwaters to the mouth of a river. So a Thalweg, T-H-A-L-W-E-G. It is the line connecting the lowest or deepest points along a stream bed or valley. So the length of a river is the along Thalweg continuous distance from the headwaters to the mouth of a river. So if you were a diver Uh and you were like, you had a measuring tape mm-hmm. and you were just skimming the bottom yes with the measuring tape that would be what the thalweg yes is. okay exactly uh so the problem with measuring the length of a river though is we run into what is called the coastline paradox <sighs> so that states that the length of something complex is basically impossible to determine because the length keeps increasing the smaller the measurement goes so like if you're trying to measure like in theory if you're measuring a coastline you're like oh yeah just follow the curve yeah but if you're really going along the like all of the bends and all of the curves and all the pebbles and yeah yeah like as you get closer down it looks more like a like a fractal than anything and it makes it harder to measure okay i see so um people who study these kind of things say that river length might not actually be the most important metric for determining a river's size Mm -hmm. but what is really important is the drainage area which is the area of land that contributes water to the river okay Okay. In the United States, a river mile is a measure of distance in miles along a river from its mouth. So river mile numbers begin at zero and increase further upstream. Basically, they're the same as like a vehicle roadway mile marker, except river miles are rarely marked on the physical river and are marked on like navigational charts and topographical maps instead. Uh, The river mile is not the same as the length of a river. It's more of a means of locating a feature along the river relative um, to its distance from the mouth when measured along the course of a river. So you might hear about people talking about something, something it's river miles away, but yeah. Yeah. I see. So like that shipwreck, the, the, um, what's the one, the the guy who sank in the superior Edmund Fitzgerald. Oh, Edmund Fitzgerald. Yeah. The Edmund Fitzgerald is, you know, seven river miles from Duluth or whatever. Well, the Edmund Fitzgerald is in a lake. So River Mount does not apply here. <laughs> so the Schmedman Blitzgerald, which sank, as we all know, in the uh, St. Lawrence. Sure. <laughs> would be like seven river miles from the mouth or whatever. Yes. That's okay. how you can measure something like that. Okay. Um, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk about 
the important rivers on every continent. Oh my God. Well, the important ones. Okay. Okay. Um, and then some descriptors of them. I'll give you some interesting trivia facts about some of them. Um, hopefully you'll be able to remember a lot of okay. this. Okay. Start okay. writing stuff down, guys. All right. North America. Great. Speaking of the Blitzgerald. 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 Uh, the St. Lawrence River. Yes. Yay. Hooray. So we're starting very east. Um, the St. Lawrence drains the Great Lakes and serves as a major waterway of eastern Canada. It was first explored and named by Jacques Cartier in the early 16th century. And the St. Lawrence emerges from the northeastern corner of Lake Ontario in the Thousand Islands Archipelago. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, you know about that. That's yes, like a I Syracuse do. thing, isn't it? No, what, it's close-ish. Uh, I don't really is know. It a, is it a summer getaway? For I feel Syracusians? like it's a summer getaway for like a lot of Western New Yorkers. Okay, like we're going. I to the Thousand have never Islands. heard of the Thousand Islands yeah. before I moved here. It's so. a cool place. I mean, it's not you know, it's not Key West, but it's nice. Yeah, you know, and that's the place that has like good enough, big enough island or good enough island or yeah, something. Yeah, it's, it's like good enough island where they were like, it's like the right. size of a house. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty cute. <laughs> Anyway, St. Lawrence River. Um, it forms the word between Ontario and Canada and New York State. St. Lawrence receives the Ottawa and the Saguenay Rivers, and it flows through Montreal and Quebec City. At its mouth, the Gulf of St. Lawrence is one of the world's largest estuaries. Mm. And an estuary is a transition zone where a river meets a maritime environment. So basically a river into an open sea. So the estuary part is where the waters are starting to mix. Ooh. All right. Uh, near the St. Lawrence, we have the Hudson. Uh, mm-hmm. The Hudson flows 315 miles through eastern New York State. It originates in the Adirondack Mountains of upstate New York. It flows through the Hudson Valley and eventually drains into the Atlantic Ocean between New York City and Jersey City. It was named for the English explorer Henry Hudson, who sailed for the Dutch East India Company and explored it in 1609. Great. And I feel like uh, it also shows up in that episode of Seinfeld where um, Kramer starts like swimming in the river to, yes, um, <laughs> as yeah, exercise, and they think he's a dead body. It's pretty good. Yeah, and he starts to stink, but it it <laughs> saves his back. Yeah, that's a good episode. All right. Um, also in the same region, same ish region, um, the Delaware River. So from its source in New York's Catskills Mountains, um, the Delaware flows 301 miles and forms the border between Delaware and New Jersey. The Delaware flows past Trenton, New Jersey, and Philadelphia, where it receives the Schuylkill River before emptying into the Atlantic. So we're probably all most familiar with the Delaware as the river that George Washington crossed on Christmas night in 1776 yes. to surprise the Hessians at the Battle of Trenton. So, um, do you know about the the painting itself, though? Yes. You can picture that painting. So it's called Washington Crossing the Delaware. It is an 1851 oil on canvas painting by the German-American artist Emanuel Gottlieb Leutze. Ooh, I, I had no that. idea. Yeah. Yep. And that's um, L-E-U-T-Z-E, Leutze. Leutze. Okay. Yeah. The Delaware Water Gap also, I don't know if you've ever driven through there. Uh, I don't uh, think so. It's, I, tr- I don't think I've ever been to Delaware. Um, well, the Delaware water gap is like in New Jersey yeah. area. Why would um, I go to New Jersey? Well, I mean, right. Uh, we just lost all our listeners in New Jersey, mm. but it's a dump. Um, but it's a very beautiful, uh, cause it like carves out the stone on either side. Um, but the road there is, uh, there is no place to stop oh. for like many miles. So oh. if you have to pee in the Delaware water gap, you are SOL. So we're like the Delaware restroom gap. Am I right? <laughs> Ayo. Ayo. Woo. All right. The Potomac River. 
It rises at Fairfax Stone in West Virginia, and the Potomac runs 405 miles, forming the border between Virginia and Maryland. Uh, Washington, D.C. was first situated on the Potomac at its confluence with the Anacostia River. Mm -hmm. And George Washington's plantation, Mount Vernon, was on the Potomac, as well as Robert E. Lee's two invasions north of the Potomac that were major events of the Civil War. Um, Sidebar about the Potomac. So please, do you know about Air Florida Flight 90? Uh, is this going to be a bad story? Yeah, it's a bad story. story? So um, Air Florida Flight 90 left Washington National Airport for Fort Lauderdale, Florida on January 13, 1982. It crashed into the 14th Street Bridge over the (gasps) Potomac River in Washington, D.C., just two miles from the White House. What? Uh, The plane hit six cars on a truck on the bridge, and it tore away 97 feet of the bridge's rail and 41 feet of the bridge's wall. The aircraft then plunged into the freezing Potomac River. What the this what? Was like a, this, was, this was a huge deal when it happened. Um, so the NTSB determined that the cause of the accident was actually pilot error um, with improper icing procedures. So oh, no. it was like, uh, you know, there yeah, was a bad ice a storm. Mistake. They were still trying to get out of, of DC and the plane like took off, but it wasn't properly de-iced and it just immediately oh, went God. down. It was a, a big, terrible. That's terrible. Yeah. See... People tell you, you'll, you have a higher rate of like dying in a car accident than you ever will in a plane. But you hear stories like that and you're like, well, I some am Some of these walking. people were in a car and they got hit by a oh, plane. God. That was the, yeah, that was the really, t- oh my gosh. <sighs> so that was a little bummer. But look, oh, a little man. low. If somebody's holding a dial indicating like how happy and sad they are with an episode, that's like the sad part of yeah, the episode. Yeah, no, this is definitely Don't worry, it only point. goes up from here. Okay, great. Uh, the Ohio River flows 931 miles through a significant industrial region of central United States. Oh. Historically seen as the border between the northern and southern United States, the Ohio is formed in downtown Pittsburgh. Oh, Pittsburgh, yes. It flows past Wheeling, Cincinnati, Louisville, and Evansville, forming borders of five states before emptying into the Mississippi at Cairo, Illinois. Um, The three rivers of Pittsburgh are the Ohio, the Allegheny, and the Monongahela. We also call that the Mon, because Monongahela is very long. Um, Three River Stadium was home to the Pittsburgh Pirates of Major League Baseball, MLB, and the Pittsburgh Steelers of the National Football League, NFL, from 1970 until 2000. Uh, The 1971 World Series, um, Three River Stadium hosted the first World Series game played at night. That was right at the confluence of the Three Rivers. That's cool. Hence its name. Three Rivers. And then they blew it up in 2000. Did they blow it up or did it implode? Oh, sorry. They imploded it. Oh, well, Uh, I I just want to know. (laughs) It used to be the Pirates and uh, the Steelers played in the same stadium, and then oh. they imploded it, and then they built. They built two. Well, they had PNC Park for baseball and Heinz yeah. for football. Great. Nod to Pittsburgh here. <laughs> the Mississippi River was referred to by Abraham Lincoln as the father of waters. Oh. The Mississippi begins at Lake Itasca, Minnesota, and flows 2,340 miles to a vast delta on the Gulf of Mexico, forming portions of 10 state borders in the world's third largest drainage basin. The Mississippi picks up numerous major tributaries, including the Illinois, Missouri, Ohio, Arkansas, and Red Rivers, and flows past numerous major cities, including Minneapolis, St. Louis, Memphis, and New Orleans. Uh, Its name translates to Big River River. Because in Algonquin, Mississippi, which means big river, is what they called it. So oh, okay. it kind of stuck. So big river, river. Big river, river. I've um, laid eyes on it only in uh, Minnesota. Mm. And I take pride in uh, telling everyone that I've never been west of the Mississippi. 
Um, but Mississippi, it, the Mississippi is very muddy. It's gross. Oh, yes. It is a churning soup of mud and uh, grossness. So keep Thank that in you, mind. Lord. And contrary to popular belief, it is not the longest river in the United States. I will really? tell you about that in a minute. The Columbia River okay. is yeah. a vital waterway of the Pacific Northwest, which rises in the Rockies of British Columbia and enters Washington State. Uh, so the Grand Coulee Dam along the Columbia in Washington forms Lake Roosevelt. When it was completed in 1943, the Grand Coulee was the largest hydroelectric plant in the world, and it is still America's largest electric power plant. Oh, wow. The Columbia receives the Yakima and Snake Rivers before forming much of the Washington-Oregon border. It also receives the Willamette River in Portland before emptying into the Pacific, where Lewis and Clark sighted the ocean. Uh, by the way, okay, historians have been able to trace the campsites along the trail of Lewis and Clark by testing their old latrine sites for calomel. So that's mercury chloride. Um, so basically, the travelers used this wonder drug of the day and documented its use in their journals. Get the hell out. And calomel was used to treat syphilis as well as pretty much every like intestinal issue or yeah, like anything yeah. they were just like oh yeah just take these calomel pills so they ingested mercury and then the mercury worked its way through their system Ugh. um but <laughs> long story short like modern day like archaeologists have tracked like where lewis and clark stayed based on their journal entries oh my which gosh. documented like who took medicine when you know, along the trail and then finding chlorine in the old latrine site. So that's super interesting because archaeologists are kind of obsessed with outhouses mm -hmm. because they also, because outhouses weren't just for bathroom stuff. They were also kind of just like the catch-all for throwing things yeah. away. Um, pottery shards. Pottery shards and like tools that were have been broken and that kind of thing. So those are like, those are like hitting pay dirt. No yeah. pun intended. Ugh. I know. But it's like, you know, thousands yeah. of years old or like hundreds of years old or whatever, depending on what period you're looking mm -hmm. for. Um, so, yeah. So we have in our in the museum, we have lots of archaeological boxes that say, you know, Dan outhouse site and like <laughs> like upper Seneca outhouse site and like that kind of thing. So that's fun. It's things you don't think about. No, I don't touch them. I make sure I don't. <laughs> Um, the Traveler's Rest State Park in Montana uh, was a campsite used by Lewis and Clark and their crew in 1805 and later in 1806. And they like to claim that they are like the first official one that was discovered oh, okay. that Lewis and Clark stayed at twice. Ooh. Traveler's Rest. Must have been. Thank you, Mercury Chloride. <laughs> Ew. So, the Missouri River. Okay. It actually is formed in western Montana by the confluence of the Jefferson, Madison, and Gallatin Rivers. It flows past Bismarck, North Dakota, and Kansas City, and empties into the Mississippi just north of St. Louis. And Lewis and Clark used the Missouri as a route for exploration of the Louisiana Purchase. The Missouri River is actually the longest river in North America. Why are we... Why do we say that it's the Mississippi? I guess we just picture the Mississippi as like dividing the U.S., but the yeah. Missouri River starts in Montana and then like oh, works so it its goes way... It's Yes. Huh. It's knew? a tributary of the Mississippi River. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, there you go. Longest river. I almost said lake. <laughs> <laughs> the Missouri. <laughs> longest river in North America. Um, little sidebar. Ooh. I'm going to tell you about the steamboat Arabia, which traveled along okay. the Missouri River from 1853 to 1856 as a passenger and a cargo boat. Is this another disaster, Julia? 
Oh, on boy. September 5th, 1856, the Arabia set out for a routine trip, and near the town of Parkville, Missouri, it hit a submerged sycamore tree snag. So just oh. like a bunch of the roots of a, tr- of a tree. Okay. The snag ripped open the hull, which rapidly filled with water, and the upper deck stayed above water. The only casualty was a mule that was tied to sawmill equipment no, and overlooked. No, sail. Um, <laughs> named Sal. Um, The boat sank so rapidly into the mud that by the next morning, only the smokestacks and pilot house remained visible. What? So there were 130 passengers and crew and the only loss of life was a mule again. So, you know, everybody was able to be saved. Oh, they got out. Everybody, yeah, yeah, everybody was saved. But the ship sinks just was swallowed up by mud. So within a few days, like even the smokestacks and the pilot house were also swept away. So there were numerous salvage attempts because this was a cargo ship. It had a ton of stuff on it. It was headed to like these, you know, new settlements and everything. Um, And eventually it was lost. Okay. Okay. So I'm really excited about this. 132 years later, in July of 1987, what the resting place of the Steamboat Arabia was discovered. So using a metal detector, weathered maps, and old newspaper clippings to guide the search, there was a group of hobbyists who discovered it 45 feet underground and a half mile from the present channel of the Missouri River in a farmer's cornfield. That's amazing. So the discovery yielded an incredible collection of well-preserved pre-Civil War artifacts. There were over 200 tons of items which was the equivalent of 10 container trucks and many of these artifacts from shoes to champagne bottles are on display at the arabia steamboat museum in kansas city whose tagline is 200 tons of treasure that's amazing it's so cool they're like we there's because it didn't get it didn't get waterlogged it didn't get wet the whole ship was just swallowed by mud so it was like a little like a little capsule Mm -hmm. oh my god that is so cool yeah it's like a boat mummy Basically, yeah. Was there, was the food edible? Could they you had like, like preserves in there still. Like I've seen pictures that's like, yep, here's this mustard that's from the, the boat from That is so crazy. Yeah, it's really, it's I want to really go now. Neat. Yeah. Trip to Kansas City. We'll get some barbecue. Mm-hmm. We'll see We'll this. go see the Harriet Truman Presidential Library. Oh yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. And then we'll go look at that to museum. To the Arabia Museum. I love it. Yeah. So it's great. Nobody died. I yeah. mean, if you're counting, you're, if you're counting old Sal the mule, maybe um, the people that found it, like contacted the farmer whose field and the farmer was like, yeah, you can dig. But like, I need to be able to plant crops in the spring. So you have until then. So like they waited till his harvest was over, spent oh my like, gosh. you know, a couple months digging it up and hauling everything out of it. It was incredible. For a disaster. This was a real win win. Yeah. Like it's like a 132 year old time capsule. That is super cool. Yeah. I love that. That was the Missouri River. Everybody. Cool. Okay, the Colorado River is the most significant river of the southwestern United States. It begins in the Rocky Mountain National Park in Colorado and runs southwest for 1,450 miles, or maybe like 4,000 ha. I don't know. (laughs) Don't quote me on that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, To the Gulf of California in northwestern Mexico. And the the Colorado, sorry to say, my Uncle Harry says Colorado. Colorado? Yeah. Well, it's like your brother calling it the Arkansas River. It just runs in the family, I guess. (laughs) The Colorado formed numerous canyons along much of its length, most notably the Grand Canyon in Mm, Arizona. I've heard of it. The Colorado also has significant dams, including Hoover Dam near Las Vegas, which forms Lake Mead, and the Glen Canyon Dam in Arizona, which forms Lake Powell. Okay, the Snake River. Do you know where this is? The Snake River? I'm Mm -hmm. assuming it's somewhere in the southwest because that sounds like, Mm. it sounds like something I would hear in an old western 
And where he's like, well, be careful of the Snake River. <laughs> they got snakes there. Panning for gold and one bit me. You like that kind of thing. This is, you should write this. Yeah, I'm like an old prospector. I have two voices. You did, we haven't had any like good like prospecting movies. Not in a long time. Well, westerns were huge in the 60s, mm-hmm. early 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and then I think it just fell out of favor. Well, because we all have to see Marvel movies now. Ugh. They've replaced spaghetti westerns with Marvel movies. I mean, I would make the argument that they're equally as boring, but <laughs> <laughs> that's just me. Um, yeah, but I guess Westerns are coming back because, you know, they remade True Grit and they had that oh, okay. yeah, that's assassination true. of the traitor. Just, just assassination Jesse. of the traitor. outlaw Jesse James by, by the, the coward, coward Robert, Robert Ford. Ford. Yes. That's a really long movie title. Yeah, I don't think it did well, We shouldn't actually. do that in charades. No, we should not do <laughs> Too long. Take that out of the 17 hat. words. <laughs> sounds like... Sounds like... Procrastination. <laughs> How do you how do you spell out procrastination? <laughs> the Snake River, everybody, mm-hmm. uh, rises in Yellowstone National Park and it bisects southern Idaho along okay. its 1,078 mile route. It forms much of the border between Idaho and Oregon, including the famous Hell's Canyon. And the Snake River was a vital route for travelers headed west on the Oregon Trail, who followed the river most of the way to its mouth on the Columbia River. Okay. Did you or did you not play Oregon Trail? Oh, I did. I deaf. I deaf, deaf did. Great. I would break my leg all the time and like my son would get diphtheria and I would always get my wheel stuck Mm. in the mud. I wasn't very good at it. I don't think I ever like made it out there. I wish that somebody had done like research on the students who played this game like while we were playing it because there were like some kids in the class that all that they would do is go hunt buffalo for the whole time and like (laughs) not make it. Yeah. And then then you have all, all this, all these many, many pounds of rotting buffalo meat yeah. you have to learn to ration and then you'd break your axle oh, ford in the gosh. river if you so broke many your- rivers on the oregon trail everybody <laughs> by the way <laughs> yeah if you broke your axle it was done mm-hmm. you might as well just lay in the lay in the mud and die just wait just wait for sweet death <laughs> oh wow um the longest river of canada is the mackenzie river that's that's a that's a kind of toffee. That's not... Mackenzie? Yeah. It's delicious, actually. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Canadian toffee. It's so, so mm. good. I bet, I bet it is. Yeah. So the Mackenzie River flows 1,080 miles out of the Great Slave Lake through Canada's Northwest Territories, emptying into the Beaufort Sea. By the way, I feel like we had a learnedly question this season that asked us to, like, to name the two lakes that have great in the title oh yeah and all i could come up with was great bear lake and i could not pull great slave lake at all i don't know why it's called that sorry this is not a lakes episode everybody this is a rivers episode so yeah so you won't get an answer about lakes here (laughs) you need to go to some other (laughs) podcast we'll do a lakes episode yeah um now we're just gonna get tweets give us lakes lakes give us lakes (laughs) so the mackenzie flows into the Arctic Ocean from oh, North okay. America. Uh, the river was named for Scottish explorer Alexander Mackenzie, who crossed Canada to the Pacific 10 years before Lewis and Clark. I'll just they don't teach about show. him in U.S. history no. classes because <laughs> no, he's was Scottish and Canadian. Yeah. Um, related to the Mackenzie River, kind of, uh, 
Bob and Doug McKenzie are the pair of fictional Canadian brothers who hosted Great White North, a sketch on SCTV for the show's third season when it moved to CBC television in 1980. Uh, The CBC network heads asked the show's producers to add specifically identifiably Canadian content um, for like the extra two minutes that the show would take up when it was on CBC. So Rick Moranis, who played Bob, and Dave Thomas, who played Doug, thought that this was a ridiculous request given that the show had been taped in Canada with a mostly Canadian (laughs) cast and crew for two years. So the request inspired them to create a parody that would incorporate every aspect of the humorous stereotype of Canadians. Great. So um, SCTV was, again, the second city television. It was on um, from 1976 to 1984 and has given us so many amazing, amazing comedians. It's a hysterical. It was a hysterical TV show and it's a hysterical group. But Canadians are much like the French in that they really need to have their like cultural heritage very obviously in all of their media. Okay. Like, yeah, I can see that. I grew up listening to Canadian radio because I grew up in Buffalo. So it came over the border and you would get your top 40, but huh. then you would also, I think it was like 12 songs in every hour to, or like 12%, something like that. You had to have like snow, you know, don't feed the moose when they come to <laughs> exactly. your door. Chantal Kraviatsuk, you got to have that. Her her cover of um, Leaving on a Jet Plane. You got your Our Lady Peace with Rain Maida. Our Lady Peace. Yes, Our Lady Peace. You got your um, <laughs> Bare Naked Ladies. Snow was Canadian, surprisingly. A white rapper? Canadian, oh. Lauren? Yes, you would be surprised. And then he Maple went to folk. Maple syrup is delicious on your food. Maple syrup is delicious on your food. I'm thinking of like you're thinking of Canadian songs. Yeah. (laughs) See now that song, the maple syrup song. Mm -hmm. This is some trivia for you. (laughs) It was was fulfilled both the requirement for Canadian music and also was an was fulfilled the requirement for Canadian food consumption. You had to have at least fifty percent of your diet had to be maple syrup. I think in Canada, I think that's still true. Maybe you should have some poutine for your lunch. <laughs> Maybe you should have some poutine for your lunch. That's French resin gravy and cheese curds. That That's it. That's it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Canada is a rich wellspring of comedy. We are not funded by the Canada Tourism No. Board. We should be, though. <laughs> I mean, we We're just, we just fulfilled episode. a lot for them. Yeah. A lot of media requirements. So, yeah. So, I know... I know a lot more <laughs> about <laughs> Canadian music than than most. One would. I'm than a most. big fan of the Tragically Hip. Meg uh, Gord, Gord Gord Downey Rest. He just recently died. But yeah, Tragically Hip is a great band. Everybody should listen to it. Anyway, I'm sorry. Canada. Yeah, Mackenzie River. Mackenzie River. That's the river you got to know with Canada. If you're not talking about the same Lawrence, it? you got to know. You got to oh. know the Mackenzie. Oh, okay. Um, and then finally, the last one in North America that I wanted to touch upon was the Rio Grande. Oh, yes, of course. Um, It forms the border between Texas and four Mexican states and has been the border since 1848. It flows south out of Colorado through New Mexico before reaching the international boundary near El Paso. Um, After leaving the mountains, the river flows past Laredo and Brownsville before emptying into the Gulf of Mexico. Great. Great. I love it. Let's go to South America. Here we go. The Amazon River. Ever heard of it? Mm, uh, mm. Teddy Roosevelt almost died on it. Yeah, I've heard of it. I've heard of it. <laughs> um, the Amazon is the largest river by discharge volume of water in the world, and either the longest or second longest in the world. You know, yeah. by drainage basin and everything. The Amazon basin is the largest drainage basin in the world, so that oh, affects okay. the, the 
the count. Um, Let me hit you with some hot facts about the Amazon River. Hit me with those hot, hot facts. Mm. But not this one. The Boiling River of Peru. What? Um, So this is part of the Amazon. Hot springs are not... um, like terribly uncommon in the okay. world. Um, and there are also thermal pools that, okay. around the world. That's like a natural hot yeah, tub, they, basically. Iceland, much of Iceland are, are thermal pools. Yeah. Um, nothing in the world comes close to the scope of the boiling river in Peru. It is up to 25 meters wide and six meters deep and runs burning hot for an incredible like six and a quarter kilometers. Are you serious? It's so actually boiling? It's boiling. Like you can see the bubbles. There are no animals that can live in it because it is on fire, basically. Um, The river is about, I didn't do my conversions, 700 kilometers. I don't know, like half. How how far is that? Oh, I have no idea. You could not. 700 kilometers. Let's say 500 miles. Great. From the closest volcanic system. So the temperature being that hot doesn't make any sense. And it is the only river of its kind anywhere in the world. So there was like this story that like somebody passed down from their, you know, their grandfather told them about the boiling river. And they were like, whatever, whatever pops. And then like went and like researched it and then like found deep, deep, deep in the, in the, um, in the jungle, this boiling river. river. And so there's been some like documentaries on it. um, Is it still boiling? Yeah. What? Do people use it for cooking? I, I wonder. Can you just like put in just like, like some sous vide your fish? Yeah. Delicious. Think about that. Maybe. That'd be very easy. And it's, it's, there's no bacteria in it because it's, it's boiling. Un- it's boiling. So it's yeah. sanitary. It's, it's big. Nobody knows why. Uh, and it's in Peru. It's, you know what it is? Gateway to hell. Ooh. Yeah. So there we you go. We should raise some funding and see if we can <laughs> yes. go explore this fact some more. That sounds good. Uh, there are several creatures unique to the Amazon River. They do not live anywhere else in the world besides the Amazon River. Okay. You have the pink dolphin. It's also oh, called a bufeo. It looks like B-U-F-E-O. a naked dolphin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the tukushi dolphin, which is another Ooh. type of dolphin. That's T-U-C-U-X-I. It's a good Ooh. word. Um, only lives in the Amazon River. The giant river otter. Uh, mm-hmm. Piranhas only in the Amazon River. Uh, They are an important part of the Amazon River's ecosystem, actually, because they they eat weak or dead fish and dead animals that would otherwise pollute the water. So the piranhas, like, they're they're doing their job. Um, The electric eel is only in the Amazon River. Oh, that's interesting. I thought that was all over the place. I just, I guess I... uh, I'm under the impression that most eels are electric eels. Yeah, I no, think no, some too. cartoon did that to me. <laughs> Must have. Uh, I'm, this is actually making me feel a lot better. Yeah. About the ocean. You're not going to run into any electric no. eels in an old Genesee River. No. I'm still not going in it, but still. No. Um, the green anaconda, also only in the Amazon River. And the arapaima. Which is the largest freshwater scaled fish known to humans. Uh, it can reach a length of over nine feet long and weigh what? over 440 pounds. Ew. The Arapaima. Good to know. Amazon River only. Uh, the other river that you gotta know about South America is the Orinoco. Yes, Orinoco Flow. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the longest rivers in South America. It's uh, 13... 
130 miles long. Um, its drainage basin, also known as the Orinoquia, uh, covers 340,000 square miles with 76% of it in Venezuela and the remainder in Colombia. So if you are ever on Jeopardy and they give you a clue about a river in Venezuela and Colombia, the answer is Orinoco. Okay, great. Okay. It is the fourth largest river in the world by discharge volume of water. And legend has it when Columbus saw the mouth of the Orinoco River, he thought that it flowed from the Garden of Eden. Oh, it's very picturesque. It's yes. too bad he was on the wrong continent. Yeah. Big dummy. Ugh, what a dumb, right? These Italians, <laughs> they do not know how to get around. Next continent we're going to, we're going to Europe. Ooh. You know what you got to know? Danube. Danube. Yeah. Yes. Is it Danube? Is that how you pronounce it? Danube. Danube. I always thought it was Danube. I bet you can say it either way. I don't think, I, honestly, I don't think I've ever heard anyone Danube. say it. Danube. I, I hear like blue Danube. Oh, I always thought blue Danube. Okay. Well, <laughs> tomato, <laughs> potato. Yeah. Whatever. Who cares? The, the Danube. 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 <laughs> It's mostly in Eastern Europe. It begins in Germany's Black Forest and it crosses Bavaria before entering Austria. And all it passes through or touches the borders of 10 nations on its 1,785 mile course, ending at the Black Sea. What? Chief tributaries include the Drava and the Sava. And it passes through four national capitals, Vienna, Bratislava, Budapest, and Belgrade. Wow. This makes me think of my favorite waltz, uh, (laughs) Anderschonen Blauen Dano. (laughs) <laughs> Obviously, uh, Opus 314, a.k.a. the Blue Danube waltz yeah. uh, by Johann Strauss II. And that's the one that goes... I went down a YouTube hole while I was um, doing research yeah. for this and watched like the Merry Melodies oh, thing of it. Such that it's a like good one. The swans are on the lake. Yes. And then the little black duck gets in the line oh, with them. Yeah. And they're, the swans are going, quack, 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 quack. And then, then the black <laughs> duck goes, quack, quack. And everybody stops and they all run into each other. It's so cute. I learned so much like classical music oh, yeah. from cartoons. Yeah, absolutely. Like Especially from our parents' generation. Yeah, of cartoons. yeah, not from our not generation. Not from our cartoons. But they still play those, I think. Like, those yeah. are still out there. So. I hope they do. That's nice. Um, the Rhine River. Okay. Begins in the Swiss Alps, passes through Lake Constance, uh, which in German is known as the Bowden Sea, um, and it flows west along the German-Swiss border, then turns north to form part of the German-French border. It enters the North Sea at a delta in the Netherlands, and cities along its course include Basel, Strasbourg, Mainz, Bonn, Cologne, and Rotterdam. Wow. A thing I learned Ooh. blew my mind. Originally rhinestones were rock crystals gathered from the river Rhine. Are you serious? Yes. My mind is blown. I How did like, I not oh make my that gosh, connection? It makes so much sense. Um, oh my gosh, my eyes have been opened. I can see God. My skin is clear. My laundry's done. My <laughs> my, my school loans are paid off. Wow. Rhinestones, rhinestones have to do with the Rhine. Yes. They were rock crystals gathered from the river. Um, though oh. today, rhinestone refers to crystal glass or polymers such as acrylic. But originally. That's crazy. Yeah. Ugh. I had no idea. Good to know. Also, 
what you got to know about the Rhine. So German legends tell of the Lorelei, which was a nymph who lured sailors on the Rhine to their deaths. Oh. Um, there is a high steep slate rock on the right bank of the Rhine Gorge called Lorelei, which translates to murmuring rock. So the heavy currents of the river and a small waterfall in the area um, created, creates like a murmuring sound. And this combined with a special echo that the rock produces acts as kind of an amplifier, which gave the rock its name. Um, though the murmuring is hard to hear today owing to the urbanization of the area. Oh, yeah. So like Middle Ages, you're on a boat, you're floating down the Rhine and you just start like hearing all of these oh, like yeah, crazy really sounds weird. is they thought it was the the this Lorelei, like the siren yeah. nymph that was trying to lure sailors to their death to crash into that rock. That's crazy. So the Lorelei on the Rhine. Then we have the Rhone. Um, which is one of Europe's few major rivers that flows directly into the Mediterranean Sea. So the Rhone originates in the Swiss Alps and flows into Lake Geneva, and it flows south, passing through Lyon, Avignon, and Arles, and enters the sea just west of Marseille. Um, the Rivers Valley is famous for its red wine, uh, and yeah. because it is navigable for 300 miles, the Rhone is the key access route of southern France. So I know that I had kind of had a problem at mixing up the Rhine and the Rhone. Yeah, yeah. The Rhine is in Germany. Okay. Like, uh, like Rhine rhymes with Ein, which is like Ein, yes. Rhein, Ein, yeah. And the Rhone, I got to think of Cote du Rhone wine, like oh, red okay. wine from, um, from France. Is Perfect. The Rhone. France also has the Seine, which flows mm-hmm. through Paris, uh, that starts near Dijon and weaves northwest for 485 miles, entering the English Channel near La Havre. And the Seine is France's chief transport waterway, along with its tributaries, the Marne and the Oise. And then the Loire Valley, which is France's longest river. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Loire Valley is particularly known for its vineyards and for its chateaux, um, which are their numbers more than 300 castles dating to the 16th and oh, 17th century my. in the Loire Valley. It's very, it's awful. When oh, you, I'm sure it's torturous. When you go there, it's just like, ugh. So, why am I so picturesque? It's beautiful. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> oh, um, sounds nice. Just some, just some other Europe ones you should know. Sure. The Po, P-O, that's Italy's longest river. Yeah, oh, I know it. Uh, the Thames. Uh, that's the principal river of England and the largest river in England. It flows through central London. And the Thames is prevented from flooding London by a barrier near the Isle of Dogs, which is a oh, real place. It's yeah. not just a Wes Anderson movie. The Isle of Dogs is an area of the East End in London that is bounded um, by one of the largest meanders of the river, which mm-hmm. prevents it from flooding. Uh, the Shannon is Ireland's longest river. Of course, it's called Shannon. <laughs> So. The Liffey is the river that runs through Dublin, Ireland. Okay. Um, the Elbe, E-L-B-E, mm-hmm. one of the major rivers of Central Europe. It's nearly 700 miles long and rises in the northern mountains of the Czech Republic and crosses much of Bohemia, that's the Czech mm-hmm. Republic, then Germany and flows into the North Sea. And the Elbe River Basin spans four countries with its largest parts in Germany and the Czech Republic with smaller parts in Austria and Poland. You also have to know the Volga Okay. It is the longest river in Europe. It is uh, 2,294 miles long. It is also Europe's largest river in terms of discharge and watershed. Uh, The river flows through central Russia and into the Caspian Sea. It is widely regarded as the national river of Russia. 11 of the 20 largest cities of Russia, including Moscow, are located in the Volga's watershed. And some of the largest reservoirs in the world can be found along the Volga. Um, Hmm. I want you to know the song of the Volga Boatman. Are you going to sing it to me right now? I, w- I wish. <laughs> I wish I could. Uh, 
So I didn't know this had a this had a title, uh, but it is a well-known traditional Russian song, and its memorable tune has led to common usage in many musical situations, particularly as background music, often with a theme of unremitting toil. Uh, that's oh, the song Jesus. that goes like yo he ho oh. yo ho. That's yo, from um, Wizard of Oz, isn't it? Yo ho. They might have used it in that. I'll I'll have our engineer drop a link in when we play it. Here's, yeah. And here's the song of the Volga Boatman. Wow. You knew that. I right? did know that. Yeah, it has a, it has a title. It's <sighs> yeah. Who knew? Yep. Uh it's it's catchy. I listened to like the whole like Russian version of it the other night. And I felt like a lot of <laughs> like weird you, national pride yeah, rising were suddenly, up inside of me. Yeah. So you suddenly really wanted to wear a fur hat and yeah. <laughs> drink a lot of vodka. Oh my god. Um, also, we have the other river in Russia. You got to know is the Ob. The it's Ob. Oh, okay. <laughs> the Ob. Um, it is in Western Siberia, Russia, and is the world's seventh longest river. It forms at the confluence of the Baya and Katun rivers, which have their origins in the Atlay Mountains. And um, it is the westernmost of the three great Siberian rivers that flow into the Arctic Ocean. The other two are the Yenisei and the Lena River. So okay. the Ob is also in the Russia. The Ob. Okay. Okay. Asia. Sure. Here we go. Let's the do Yangtze. It. It's the longest river in yeah. China and Asia and third longest in the world. Rises in the Kunlun Mountains, flowing across the Tibetan Plateau and passes the cities of Chongqing, Wuhan, Nanjing, and Shanghai Ooh, and good. empties into the South China Sea. Its basin is China's granary and is home to nearly a third of Chinese citizens. And the river is dammed by the Three Gorges Dam. Um, the other river in China you should know is the Yellow River. That is the second longest. Okay. The Mekong River, uh, the chief river of Southeast Asia, originates in eastern Tibet, forms much of the Laos-Thailand border, mm -hmm. and flows south through Cambodia and enters the South China Sea in southern Vietnam, just south of Ho Chi Minh City. Uh, the capital city is Vientiane, which is the capital of Laos, and um, Phnom Penh, which I always say wrong. Um, I, I the didn't know that Cambodia, was what it was called. Phnom Penh. <laughs> I'm going to leave this in here. P-H-N-O-M-P-E-N-H. Yeah. The capital of Cambodia. Uh, they're on the Mekong. Each year, hundreds of fireballs spontaneously explode out of the Mekong River in Thailand. What? These are known as Naga fireballs. Um, some people believe they come from the breath of Naga, a mythical serpent that haunts the river. I would think that too. What? But probably they are pockets of methane bubbling up from the river. But still... <laughs> That's still that exploded. Fireballs. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. I would yep. think it was an evil spirit too. Thailand. Yeah. What All place? Right. The Ganges. <clears throat> oh yeah. It's the holiest, it's the holiest river, river of Hinduism. It rises in the Himalayas and flows a comparatively short 1,560 miles to the world's largest delta on the Bay of Bengal. Approximately one in every 12 human beings on earth lives in the ganges basin what it is a population density that is rapidly polluting the river yes that's true also millions of pilgrims bathe in the ganges yes. each year despite it being also like the sustaining waterway for the millions uh also contains raw sewage garbage industrial waste 
and pollutants that include remains of the dead. Yes. Because so many people get their loved ones cremated and And then then they're supposed to sprinkle their ashes into the Ganges. And it seems horrendous. That's super gross. Yeah. Well, Nat Geo, I've been seeing they've Nat Geo. I follow them on Instagram. So that's what you know, hey. The National Geographic. Um, they're they did or are doing an ongoing story about the Ganges and how they're trying to like clean it up, but it's so it's tough. closely tied to the Hindu religion that it's you can't just be like, all right guys, stop putting your dead loved ones mm-hmm. in here. Everybody needs to stop yeah. bathing and getting typhoid from bathing in the Ganges. I just, like one in 12 people on earth live in the Ganges River Basin. It's so overpopulated. It's crazy. Uh, another one in that area, you should know the Indus River. It is the chief river of Pakistan and the source of the name of India. Okay. I didn't know that either. Sure, that makes sense. Uh, The Indus rises in Tibet and flows 1,800 miles to a delta on the Arabian Sea, southeast of Karachi. And the five major tributaries of the Indus, they are the Jhelum, the Shainab, the Ravi, the Bayas, and the Sutlej rivers. They are the source of the name of the Punjab religion, which is Persian for land of the five rivers. Great. There they are. Perfect. Uh, the Irrawaddy is the chief river of Myanmar, which will always be Burma to be. It'll always be Burma. Um, it flows 1,350 miles to the Gulf of Martaban, which is an arm of the Bay of Bengal. Its delta is one of the world's most important rice growing regions, and its name is thought to come from the Sanskrit word for elephant, which I just thought was, oh, was sweet. The Irrawaddy. By the way, I learned on NPR earlier because I am an intellectual. <laughs> Um, this woman, this woman who is, um, Burmese and she kept referring to herself and her mother as Burmese. Mm. And she said, well, okay. The reason why I'm saying Burma and Burmese is because now it's called Myanmar, Mm -hmm. but, um, Burmese people still refer to themselves as Burmese and the country as Burma as like a political statement against like the junta that are running it right now. Wow. So they go back to the Burma name as like their, their like... It's like their their pride. Yeah, their, their pride, their mm-hmm. identity. Yeah. So wow. the Burmese still... It's still... Still Burma to them. It's still Burma to them too. So... Him and Jane Peterman. Um, the Tigris and the Euphrates. We've yes. all heard of that, the right? The cradle of... The uh, cradle of civilization. The cradle of civilization, yes. Uh, the Tigris is the western border of Mesopotamia. Uh, both the Tigris and the Euphrates have changed course several times, you know, throughout history, it's been leaving ruins in the desert where cities have been abandoned. Uh, the Euphrates is the eastern of the two rivers and is the longer of the two rivers, which with a course of 1,740 miles compared to the Tigris's 1,180 miles. So the Euphrates is both the longer of the two rivers. Its name is longer and it is the easternmost of the two rivers. It starts with an E. So you can kind of keep that. And the Jordan River uh, rises in Syria from springs near Mount Hermon, and it flows south through the Sea of Galilee, which you might remember isn't a sea, but actually a freshwater lake, um, and into the Dead Sea, uh, that is 1,300 feet below sea level. Uh, The river forms the nation of Jordan's boundary with the West Bank and northern Israel. In the New Testament, the river was the site of the baptism of John the Baptist. And in modern times, about 80% of its water is diverted for human use, a figure that has led to the shrinking of the Dead Sea and serious contention among bordering nations. Yeah. The River Jordan. Was that a Michael Jackson song? Hold me like the River Jordan. That was, um, uh, I'll be your friend. It's from Free Willy? Yeah. 
It's um, I'll be your friend or be your friend or something like that. I'll be. Will you be there? Parentheses free. Will Willy. you be there? Yeah, that's it. Will you be there? Yeah, I remember I saw Free Willy as a child. Again, I was a very sensitive child. And I remember I saw it and I was so moved. Oh. It was the first movie I'd ever seen that I was truly moved. And I thought it was the best movie I had ever seen. And I remember asking my dad because he went and saw it with me. I was like, Dad, what did you think of that incredible movie? He was like, eh, it was all right. And I was devastated. devastated. I was like, oh, how did you not see what I saw? He freed. <laughs> he freed. He changed in your eyes immediately. Oh, yeah. I was Never like, been this the same. Is a cynical man Look who hates art. <laughs> 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 and then I like, you know, floated away on my tiptoes because I was definitely a weird little kid. But anyway, Free Willy, best movie I've ever seen. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> to this day. Mm. Mm tear to my eye <laughs> you, you watch that vhs copy until the magnetic tape i gotta get on no ebay longer work. every couple of weeks to buy a new one <laughs> all right uh after asia we gotta go to africa of course the nile river yes it is usually cited as the longest river in the world it is flows it? about 4,132 miles in a generally south to north direction from its headwaters in Burundi. That's, That's the one that of. goes the other way. Yes. Okay. So it's um, Southeast Africa up to Egypt's Mediterranean Sea coast where it forms a delta. Mm-hmm. Over 80% of the Nile's flow comes from the shorter Blue Nile headstream, which arises from Ethiopia's Lake Tana and meets the longer White Nile, whose headwaters include Lake Victoria at Khartoum. The cataracts of the Nile are shallow lengths or whitewater rapids of the Nile River between Aswan and Khartoum, where the surface of the water is broken by many small boulders and stones just jutting out of the riverbed, as well as many rocky islets. And in some places, these stretches are punctuated by whitewater, while at others, the water flow is smoother but still shallow. And at the first of the Nile's six cataracts is the Aswan High Dam, which forms Lake Nasser, mm-hmm. greatly reducing the annual floods of the Nile. Yes. Great. Love it. You also got to know the Congo. Yeah. That's Africa's second longest river. It flows in a counterclockwise arc, some 2,900 miles to the Atlantic Ocean. Wow. So um, Boyoma Falls, which was formerly Stanley Falls, it is a section of seven cataracts near Kisangani. It marks the beginning of the Congo River proper. And uh, the deepest river parts measured in excess of 720 feet deep. Wow. That's four Niagara Falls stacked on top of one another is how deep the Congo is. And it is also the only river to cross the equator twice. So it's kind of like in a boomerang shape. Okay. It flows counterclockwise from where it starts and like winds back around and then meets back in the Atlantic Ocean. It's the deepest river. That's so deep. That freaks me out. No. Mm. Unnatural. Get me out of there. That's a that's a new thing. That's not a river anymore. So the Livingstone Falls, the true part of the Congo, they are a succession of enormous rapids on the lower course of the Congo River. They're named after Scottish explorer and missionary David Livingstone, who you may recognize oh, yeah. as the quarry of a meeting with Henry Morton Stanley in 1871. So Livingstone, he um, had completely lost contact with the outside world for six years, and Henry Morton Stanley had been sent to find him by the New York Herald newspaper in 1869. He found Livingstone in the town of Ujiji on the shores of Lake Tanganyika, mm. greeting him with the now famous words, 
Dr. Livingston, I presume. Now, that's famous. Yeah. Why is it famous? Is it because it's so banal? Is that what it is? Yeah, it's, well, it's, it was also supposed to be very ironic because, because clearly, Dr. Livingston was clearly the only European white guy living sure. in the middle of deepest, darkest Africa. Sure. And yeah, so yeah. when Henry Morton Stanley finally stumbled upon this, this white guy in yeah, the middle the of, the only white guy, middle of Africa, that's why the, that's why the line was so. I see. Okay. Also, it was like kind of a cool story because he, oh yeah, he just, they just stopped hearing from him. Uh, And then the fact that like they went on, like they sent like one guy on a mission and he found him him. and he found him. It was kind of a cool story. I mean, it was 1869. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, they, they were kind of hard up for stories back then. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So Livingston Falls, still there on the Congo River, named after Dr. Livingston. I love it. I presume. Uh, the Niger River, okay. which is Africa's third longest river, flows in a clockwise arc through Guinea, Mali, Niger, and Nigeria before entering the Gulf of Guinea. Uh, the medieval Mali and Songhai empires were centered on the Niger, whose course was mapped by the Scottish explorer Mungo Park, which is oh the greatest gosh. Scottish name ever. Um, he went and explored because his name was Mungo. It's because great. Because everyone was like, Mongo, you're never going to... I don't know why. You're never going to mount anything. You're never going to mount anything, you stupid name, Mongo. I don't know why he had like a bunch of Cockney friends. Uh, and, I, and I like wanted to look him up. I wanted to like give some cool facts yeah. about Mongo. But like, that's pretty much it. That's it. His name was Mongo Park. He was a Scottish explorer. There's oh. a couple statues of him in, oh, uh, that's in nice. Scotland. Well, but I love it. It's a great name. Uh, yeah, he was there in the 1790s. You also got to know the Zambezi River. So that weaves across southern Africa, rises in eastern Angola, passes through Zambia. Uh, it flows along the borders of Namibia, Botswana, and Zimbabwe, crosses through Mozambique, and enters the Indian Ocean's Mozambique Channel. The most spectacular feature of the Zambezi is Victoria Falls. Yes. Um, in the native language in their region, it is called Moseo Tanoa, which is the smoke that thunders. Ooh. <gasps> That's a cool, yeah. that's a very beautiful descriptive yeah. name. So like Victoria Falls better. is over a mile wide and is the largest waterfall by flow rate in Africa. Cool. Yeah. Now we're going down under. Uh, we're, good day. We're going mate. to Australia. I'm, I can't very, do an Australian accent. Neither can I. Like when I watch um, people on TV that have like English accents and Irish, I can do, I can mimic oh, yeah. them. Like if I'm, mm-hmm. you know, sitting in in the comfort of my own room. I can't get the Australian one down. When I watch Claudia O'Doherty on Love, I love how she sounds, but I yeah. just can't do it. Yeah, and then I spend like five minutes just repeating the same word over and over <laughs> out loud. I look like an idiot, but. Yeah, it's that in um, South African. I don't, uh, I don't know how to South do African. It. South African. That's all I can say is South African. <laughs> and the same thing with new, with uh, Kiwi, with New Zealand. Oh, yeah. All I can say is Brit. I can say Eggs. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a long e yeah. we're just doing the long e i anyway. don't know well now i know i can't do australian either now we're in australia so the murray river or the river murray depending on who you, who are. you talk to yeah uh it's australia's longest river it's almost 1560 miles in length uh, the murray rises in the australian alps it drains the western side of australia's highest mountains and then winds across australia's inland plains forming the border between the states of new south wales and victoria <laughs> as it flows to the northwest into south australia the murrumbidgee also known as the Bidgee. 
is a major tributary of the Murray River within the Murray-Darling Basin and the second longest river in Australia. It flows through the Australian state of New South Wales and the Australian Capital Territory. It descends nearly 5,000 feet as it flows 923 miles in a west-northwesterly direction from the foot of Peppercorn Hill in the snowy mountains toward its confluence with the Murray River near Boundary Bend. The word Murrumbidgee means big water in the we're a jury language, one of the local Aboriginal languages. Is is Australia just candy land? Is that what it is? Like is <laughs> the peppercorn like, hill in the snow mountains? Yeah. <laughs> if you're in Australia, yeah, please tweet at us. Tell us if there's candy everywhere. <laughs> uh, and the last one in Australia I want to mention is the Darling River. Oh. It is the third longest river in Australia and measures 915 miles from its source in northern New South Wales to its confluence with the Murray River at Wentworth in New South Wales. Um, Including its longest contiguous tributaries, it is 1,767 miles long, making it the longest river system in Australia. So you might hear people talk about the Murray-Darling River system because it's like kind of the two together Mm -hmm. because it's, you know, it's all going the same place. It's all all water. (laughs) So that's that's Australia. Uh, what do we have left? Antarctica. Really? Are there's so Antarctica many rivers in there? Covered in rivers. <laughs> uh, uh, <what? laughs> no. Okay. No, I reject okay. that knowledge. So uh, while some drainage basins on Antarctica had been documented for years with several studied in detail, a 2017 wide-scale survey led by scientists at Columbia University's Lamont Doherty Earth Observatory showed how extensively Earth's frozen continent flows in the summertime. For example, drainage networks might actually be helping the Nansen ice shelf hold itself together. Um, This is a part of Antarctica that was traversed by Ernest Shackleton's Nimrod expedition in 1908 and a few years later by the Northern Party team of Captain Robert Falcon Scott's British Antarctic expedition. Uh, Rivers on the Nansen Ice Shelf, along with a roaring 400-foot-wide waterfall, pump excess water off the icy shelf and into the ocean. And future studies may focus on how many other ice shelves have large river networks that transport meltwater efficiently into the ocean. Wow. The longest river in Antarctica is... Does it have a name? Called the Onyx River. And it is 20 miles long. Oh. That's it. That's the longest river in Antarctica. (laughs) I know I was going to lay you down, but... Well, it's okay. But anyway, it's covered in rivers. Some of them are under the ice. Some of them are above the ice. Like, um, they had uh, records of when Ernest Shackleton's team was there in 1908 that they heard roaring waters and they couldn't figure out where it was coming from. That's so weird. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine? I would would be like, I've lost my mind. This is it. This is how I lose it. Mm. Well, first of all, I would have to lose it to actually go to Antarctica because that is a cold place. Yeah. Oh, uh, we, I met, I knew someone that had been to Antarctica. Really? So, um, at the Strong Museum, we had some volunteers and some of our library volunteers had been there for years and years. Uh-huh. And one of them, um, Martha, she passed away a couple years ago. She organized a trip with like some seniors in Rochester what? and got to go to Antarctica. What? It's too cold for old people there. I know, but it was oh amazing. my God, what an amazing. I was amazing. like, I've never met anybody that had been to Antarctica. It was so cool. That is really cool. Yeah. Oh, bless her. She's so cute. Uh, Some bonus river trivia. I know. You guys are just so happy. They're clamoring for it. Um, Underwater rivers are also known as 
submarine channels. Okay. Um, meaning like underwater channels. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, they're similar to land rivers, but they're formed by currents of water of different densities um, and like different mixtures of sand, mud, and water. Um, so like different densities of seawater and like freshwater sink and flow along the bottom of the ocean. They are notoriously difficult to study because of their power and unpredictability. Yeah, you can't like, see them. They've done a lot of, they've tried to send like a lot of very expensive equipment like down there in the ocean to study Stupid. underwater rivers, but it keeps getting like blasted away by yeah. things. and They don't want to be destroyed. Studied. Yeah, they don't want to. They don't want it. Get it out. <laughs> they don't like it. Um, mythological rivers. Oh, so okay. the ancient Greeks believed that five rivers encircled Hades, the underworld. Uh-huh. These rivers are the river Styx, which stood for hate. The Phlegathon, which stood for fire. The Acheron, which was sorrow. Sure. The Cocytus, which was lamentation or sadness. And Letha, which was forgetting. So the Greeks believed that dead souls had to cross the river Acheron, which was a branch of the Styx, to reach the underworld. And they crossed on a ferry piloted by Charon, who was the ferryman of Hades. Okay, back back to reality. The most polluted river in the world is the Sitaram in Indonesia. That's 40 miles east of Jakarta. Um, the 186-mile waterway contains a horrifying mixture of toxins and garbage, oh, no. all while being the primary source of water for 30 million people. No. Uh, some 200 textile plants line the river, dumping all manner of industrial waste and garbage clutters the murky water from bank to bank. Most polluted river in the world, the Sitarum, C-I-T-A-R-U-M, in Indonesia. Also gross, the Matapadea River in Canada. Really? Uh, In 2006, the bottom of the otherwise pristine Matapadea, 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 Matapadea River in Quebec. It might be Matapedia. Who knows? Yeah, sure. Who who can know? They speak uh, French. <laughs> uh, the Matapedia River in Quebec was found to be carpeted in no. squishy green no. rock snot. Oh, what is rock snot? You're going to tell me. Rock snot or didymo is a type of invasive algae that threatens salmon and other fragile wildlife, um, things that are important to the ecosystem and economy of the area. Sure. Scientists believe that global warming has encouraged the growth of this once rare algae, not just in the Matapedia River, but in rivers and lakes around the world. So like, it looks beautiful on top. And then when you get in there and touch the bottom, it is like this. Gloopy. It's gloopy. They call it rock snot. Ew. Yeah. I hate it. Look. Finally, and then on a bummer note, there are 18 countries in the world that don't have a single river. Oh, no. I'm sorry. Do they have any lakes or ponds? They might. Maybe an isthmus. Well, maybe an isthmus or two. (laughs) Yes. So that's a lot. Actually, I'm surprised. There's a lot of a lot of facts about rivers. A lot of geography. The people wanted it. The people they screamed for it, clamoring. Please, it's like the encore. Yes, this is the encore to oceans. So thank you, Julia. That was great. (laughs) I learned a lot about lake. Uh, no. <laughs> oh, you did not again. learn about lakes. Oh no! Get up! <laughs> eee, I wasn't listening. No, uh, I learned a lot about rivers today. All right. So my quiz is called "Rolling on a River." It's a quiz on gambling and some proud women named Mary. Question one. 
The first written reference to this casino staple shows up in a 17th century short story by Miguel de Cervantes, in which he writes about a couple of dudes cheating at Vientiuna, Spanish for 21. What do we call this game today, whose name comes from a fortuitous two-card hand that once paid out up to 10 times the amount bet? Question two. Mary Tyler Moore was more than just a pretty face. She and her husband founded a company that produced a variety of popular American sitcoms and dramatic television series. From her own best-known project, The Mary Tyler Moore Show, three characters from the newsroom each received their own spin-off series in the 1970s. Can you name me two of the three spin-offs? Question three. No need to go all the way to Macau to partake in the Chinese gambling game Pai Gao, which is played with 32 what? Is it A, dice, B, cards, C, dominoes, or D, wooden sticks? Question four. USA, USA. Which gymnast was the first American woman to win a gold medal in the individual all-around competition at the Olympics during the 1984 Summer Games in Los Angeles? Question five. He's shown on the big screen playing this game in Dr. No, Thunderball, 1967's Casino Royale, For Your Eyes Only, and Goldeneye. Which elegant, high-rolling casino game requiring six or eight decks of cards and probably a thick crystal glass of booze is James Bond's favorite? Question six. Mary McLeod Bethune. An American educator, stateswoman, philanthropist, humanitarian, and civil rights activist was first appointed as a national advisor to which president whom she helped to establish his black cabinet of African-American public policy counselors? Question 7. A dreaded 50-50 question. On a standard roulette wheel, the pockets are numbered from 0 to 36. Are the odd numbers on the wheel in red or in black? Question 8. What's the 411? Well, this queen of R&B, whose middle initial stands for Jane, became the first woman to receive multiple Academy Award nominations in the same year, including for Best Supporting Actress and Best Original Song in 2017. Tell me the full name of this multi-talented lady who can do bad all by herself. Question 9. Responding to concerns about organized crime, gambling, and problematic youths, which New York City mayor famously confiscated and destroyed thousands of pinball tables with his sledgehammer of decency in the 1930s and 1940s? And finally, question 10. Not even her American cousin was proud of her. Mary Elizabeth Jenkins Surratt was the first woman to be executed by the federal government in 1865. With what crime was she officially charged? We'll give you about a minute to think and we'll be back with your answers.
Are you ready? I am ready. I, I think I got some. All right. Question one. The first written reference to this casino staple shows up in a 17th century short story by Miguel de Cervantes, in which he writes about a couple of dudes cheating at Vientiuna, Spanish for 21. What do we call this game today? We call it blackjack. We sure do. Um, so blackjack is a comparing card game between usually several players and a dealer where each player competes against the dealer. They don't compete against each other. Mm-hmm. It is the most widely played casino banking game in the world. Yeah. So the name blackjack came from like if you if you got the ace of spades and then either the jack of spades or the jack of clubs that was officially a blackjack and that paid out 10 to 1. Oh wow. So that was okay. like that was the hand you wanted to get and that's just you know it's, still it's known deceptive. by that name. It's deceptively simple. Yeah. yeah. Uh, question two, Mary Tyler Moore. Uh, she and her husband founded a company that produced a variety of popular American sitcoms and dramatic television series. From her own best-known project, The Mary Tyler Moore Show, three characters from the newsroom each received their own spinoff series in the 70s. Can you name me two of the three? Okay, one is Maud. No, one is Rhoda. Rhoda, yes. Okay. Rhoda other- was on from 1974 to 1978. Uh, and the other one was not Maud. No. Because that was a B. Arthur joint. She was not from she was this not show. In that. Um, WKRP Cincinnati? No. Um, it's a character's name. Oh, I don't know. All right. Well, the, like the lesser known one is Phyllis. That was uh, 1975 to 1977. And Lou Grant was on from 1977 to 1982. What? Yeah. Lou Grant had his own own show for five years. He was very charismatic. Yeah. So, um, that was, you know, Valerie Harper as Rhoda Morgenstern, Mm -hmm. Cloris Leachman as Phyllis Lindstrom and Ed Asner as Lou Grant. Love Ed Asner. Yeah. R.I.P. Probably. He's probably dead. No, I think he's still alive. That's one of my favorite games to play. (laughs) Is is he dead? Is this person dead? Are they dead? I mean, 2016 just took out. Took a lot of people out. (sighs) Like, it wasn't even fun after that. I know. But (laughs) the game? No. Yeah. I mean, it's not a fun game. The game game. wasn't fun after that. Yeah. All right. Question three. No need to go all the way to Macau to partake in the Chinese gambling game Pai Gao, which is played with 32 what? Is it A, dice, B, cards, C, dominoes, or D, wooden sticks? Um, I am torn between dominoes and wooden sticks. I'm going to go with wooden sticks. The answer is dominoes. Oh, shit. But the funny thing is, is when they um, are like parsing out the dominoes in Uh the game, you pull from the wood pile. It's oh. called the wood pile. Is like oh, the is that pile that you called? pull the your you oh, know I see, that you I draw see. from. Uh, so the name Pai Gao is loosely translated as make nine or card nine. So you're doing okay. a lot of like matching the pips on the dominoes to try to get to nine. I see. Okay, it's for the skilled only. Yeah, we should not. I, we should awful. not just enter a game of Pai Gao. It's it's. Well, I guess I'm canceling those reservations then because I signed us both up. Please, for a I Pai hope Gao they were fundable. <laughs> It was a lot of money. (laughs) Question four. USA, USA. Which gymnast was the first American woman to win a gold medal in the individual all-around competition at the Olympics during the 1984 Summer Games in Los Angeles? Was it, um, I don't know, like a little... A little gymnast girl. Uh Uh-huh. Who, Peggy, Peggy? No, she was the... What's the theme of this quiz? Mary, Mary, I don't know. Mary Lou Retton. Oh, shit. Mary, Mary Lou Retton. What's wrong with me? I don't know. I'm sorry. You're cold medicine. It is. It's, my brain is fuzzy. Yeah. 
So this this pint-sized lady went on to be the first spokeswoman for Wheaties. Oh. Before that, it was only men. Good for her. Uh, question five. Which elegant high-rolling casino game requiring six or eight decks of cards and probably a thick crystal glass of booze is James Bond's favorite? Okay, I'm going to go with my first instinct mm-hmm. first. Poker. No. Is it Baccarat? Yes. Yes. It is Baccarat. Okay. I was trying to give you with the crystal glass. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Baccarat is James Bond's like canonical favorite game. However, in the 2006 movie adaptation of Casino Royale, Baccarat is replaced by Texas Hold'em because okay. like Texas Hold'em was like the big popular game happening at the time. Oh, okay. So okay. they wanted to incorporate that into the movie. To, to really, I don't know, satisfy the Texas Hold'em like oh, lobby? You don't, don't you remember like the early 2000s and Texas Hold'em oh taking over? Like everywhere. I was, I would leave my apartment and I would have to step over roving bands of Texas Hold'em players. <laughs> Lord. I would have to beat them off with, with a broom. Get out of here. This is not a casino. <laughs> I'm sorry. We that lived was bad. in different worlds. Yeah, we really did. Oh, Texas six. Hold'em craze. <laughs> Mary McLeod Bethune, an American educator, stateswoman, philanthropist, humanitarian, and civil rights activist, was first appointed as a national advisor to which president whom she helped to establish his black cabinet of African-American public policy counselors? Uh, Johnson. Answer is FDR. Oh, shoot. So uh, Bethune worked on FDR's campaign in 1932 and became close friends with him and his wife, Eleanor. Um, And then he appointed her as a national advisor. And um, uh, the term black cabinet was coined in 1936 by Bethune and was occasionally used in the press. By that time, there were 45 African-Americans working in federal executive departments with New Deal agencies. And most members were not politicians, but community leaders, scholars, and activists with strong ties to the African-American community. That's great. So probably another reason that he was, you know, one of the greatest presidents. Yeah. Did you read that Cardi B article? I did read it. Wasn't yeah. that great? Yeah. She's, she loves the president. She's great. <laughs> hey guys, it's Julia. Upon further review, question seven, as it is written, is misleading. Um, I will clarify after Lauren's done telling her story. Uh, question seven. A dreaded 50-50 question. On a standard roulette wheel, the pockets are numbered from zero to 36. Are the odd numbers on the wheel in red or in black? They're in black. The odd numbers are in red and the even numbers are in black. Shit. I always thought 13 was black. The odd numbers are in red Ugh. and the even numbers are in right, black. All right. Well, I'm just saying I, that's what I thought. And you can remember that because odd is three letters and ends in D and red is three letters and ends in D. Okay. All remember right. that. Okay. Uh, the zero is green. So oh. uh, to, to determine the winning number and color, a croupier spins a wheel in one direction, then spins a ball in the opposite direction around a tilted circular track running around the circumference of the wheel. The ball eventually loses momentum, passes through an area of deflectors, and falls onto the wheel and into one of 37, if you're playing like a French European style wheel, or 38 in American style roulette, colored and numbered pockets on the wheel. So the American... Roulette wheel has a zero and a double zero, both in okay. green. So that makes it 38 pockets. And a French European style roulette wheel only has 37 pockets. And so it's zero to 36 in red and black. And then one green zero. I uh, I won um, $37 from putting $3 on uh, something at, I don't remember what it was. 
in college. Not a real high roller game there. No, I mean, it really wasn't. It was like a fundraiser thing. Um, and all my friends like lost their minds. They're like, I can't believe it. You won. I was like, okay. Like I wasn't, I don't have a, like a gambler's brain. I yeah, don't get me it. Neither. I just bought everybody pizza. I was like, all right, let's well, have some pizza. Well, I mean, it didn't feel like real money, you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay. The real answer to question seven is while the pockets of the roulette wheel are numbered from zero to 36, it turns out that the number ranges from one to 10 and then from 19 to 28, the odd numbers are red and the even are black. And then in the ranges from 11 to 18 and 29 to 36, the odd numbers are black and the even are red. So that was a problem on my part, uh, reading comprehension error, mea culpa. Question eight. What's the 411? Well, this queen of R&B, whose middle initial stands for Jane, became the first woman to receive multiple Academy Award nominations in 2017. Uh, Tell me the full name of this multi-talented lady who can do bad all by herself. That is the queen, the great Mary J. Blige. You are correct. Yes. Uh, So 2017's Mudbound, um, it depicts two World War II veterans, one white, one black, who returned to rural Mississippi each to address racism and PTSD in his own way. At the 90th Academy Awards, the film earned four nominations, Best Supporting Actress and Best Original Song for Mary J. Blige, as well as Best Adapted Screenplay. And it earned a nod for Best Cinematography, making Rachel Morrison the first woman ever nominated in the category. Oh, yes. And again, Blige became the first person ever to be nominated for both an acting and song award during the same year. Amazing. She's great. great. Question nine, responding to concerns about organized crime, gambling, and problematic youths, which New York City mayor famously confiscated and destroyed thousands of pinball tables with his sledgehammer of decency in the 1930s and 1940s. Was it uh, Clinton? No. Was it, um, I'm trying to think of like neighborhoods in New York City. Uh, Think of big buildings that people go to. Chrysler. Flying into. Uh. That people fly. Nope. Mm-hmm. I didn't mean it that Empire way. Empire State. Fiorello, 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 LaGuardia. I see, I yeah. see, okay. Um, yeah, so uh, LaGuardia definitely dumped thousands of confiscated slot machines into the Hudson River in the 1930s, but rumors also abound that he threw pinball machines into New York's rivers. Because he got confused? Well, no, he was. He wanted to, to rid the city of this crime and gambling and um slot machines obviously gambling and pinball machines for the longest time before there were flippers they were considered also gambling because once you added the flippers it became a skill game and so that's why it um you know was able to to be it was able to exist what you're not giving me anything Uh, no i'm I'm listening i I didn't know if there was more (laughs) well i mean you're the you know you work at a at a play museum sure so you yes thank you for that mm-hmm. <laughs> finally question 10 not even her american cousin was proud of her mary elizabeth jenkins surratt was the first woman to be executed by the federal government in 1865 with what crime was she officially charged um wasn't she conspiracy to murder the president yes you got it. Yeah. Conspiracy in the assassination of President Abraham Lincoln. So Mary Surratt ran the boarding house on H Street in Washington, D.C., where she housed John Wilkes Booth, Lewis Powell, David Harold, and her son, John Surratt. She was convicted primarily due to the testimonies of tenant John M. Lloyd, who said that she told him to have the shooting irons ready, and Lewis J. Weichman, who testified about Surratt's relationships with Confederate groups and sympathizers. Uh, Mary Surratt, Lewis Powell, David Harold, and George Azerot were sentenced to death by hanging 
and while Samuel Mudd, Samuel Arnold, and Michael O'Loughlin were sentenced to life in prison. Well, look at that. Look at that. Ending on a dark note again. Yeah, uh, yet again. <laughs> we can't help ourselves. We're just, you know, we're like, we're, we're goths, you know? <laughs> like, we're just like obsessed with death and stuff. Yeah. As you can tell. I'm just wiping my, smudging my black eyeliner <laughs> somewhere under my eyes. That was great, Julia. Thank you so much. Thank you. So uh, if you want to get a hold of us to talk about anything, if you want to request some more Yeah, request a topic. Yeah, request a topic. You know, if you really want to push for lakes for next time, um, you can email us at missinfopod at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at missinfopod on Twitter. Uh, We have a Facebook page, misinformation, colon, a trivia podcast. You can write on our wall. We will like it or maybe <laughs> hover over it and then put a heart ha. or write ha, 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 ha. or wow. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. Really I, good. I have rarely used the angry, surprisingly. Yeah. I've rarely used that one. That's true. Um, but if you want to hear more of us, Julia, how can people Ooh, do that? Yeah. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and whatever podcast app you prefer using our RSS feed. Yes. So thanks for sticking with us, guys. Yeah. Hope you learned a lot about rivers today. (laughs) And we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.